Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Took me a minute to remember what day of the week it was. It's Wednesday. Or so I'm told. Don't believe what you're told, ladies and gentlemen. Unless they tell you it's Wednesday, because it actually uh, it actually is that. Midweek, September the 13th. We are at the 41-day uh, mark to the start of the NBA season. That's pretty awesome. So we've now ticked under uh, six weeks, right? Yeah, we've ticked under six weeks to go. That's pretty amazing. Oh, man, I'm ready. Let's get into drafts. Whatever, that's not what you came here. You guys didn't come here to hear me rant and rave about how long the offseason felt this time. You came here for the best and the worst of the second round on both Yahoo and ESPN. I am Dan Bespris, and this is Fantasy NBA Today, simulcast on YouTube Live, youtube.com slash sportsethos. Please like and subscribe if you are tuning in on the uh, audio and visual platform. And if you're listening on the audio side, thank you, as always, for tuning in all season, off-season, off whatever long We've had that pod going now for about six years. Can you believe that? And I've missed only a handful. I think I can count on two hands how many Monday through Friday episodes we've missed in that time. Breaks are for the week. And I may be weak, but I still don't take breaks. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I hope you will do so because especially uh, once the season gets started, that's when we really start hauling butt over on Twitter also, Sports Ethos has a Discord that now also has a free side available. I'm going to try to remember to throw the join link in the, the show description or the chat room. If I screwed that up, I apologize. I'm trying to do a lot of things at the same time, and so something is bound to fall through the cracks. But uh, we'd love to have you guys over in that Discord as well. Uh, free side is just going to be awesome users hanging out with one another, doing the thing. As they say, we also have a premium side of that, which you can get access to by signing up to, for uh, one of the fantasy passes over at Sports Ethos. All of those will have access to the Brewski 150 in the next few weeks. Some, it's staggered. The Ethos 360 gets it first, then a few days later, then a different thing gets it. And, you know, five days after that, something else gets it. You can find all that uh, verbiage on the website, but please do check that out. That's part of how we keep things running here at Sports Ethos, and then obviously growth of pods and YouTube is another way, uh, but these uh, these are enough to buy, you know, lunches for a couple of people. That's the, the subscriptions. That's where we really can kind of power the locomotive, but let's get into business here. We did the first round yesterday. Today, we're doing the second round, uh, and yesterday, I thought generally worked as kind of a way to approach it in that, you know, we can look at Yahoo's 13 through 24 pre-rank. We will look through ESPN's 13 through 24 pre-rank. Yesterday, it allowed us to kind of bounce back and forth between the two because there was overlap. This time, there's actually less overlap between the two. YouTubers, you saw me just throw the Yahoo numbers up on your screen. I'll try to make them as large as possible where I can to uh, make it a little easier on those uh, watching on a, a mobile device. But the Yahoo 13 through 24... By pre-rank, we're not doing ADP. By the way, they, they those yutzes, they adjusted their pre-ranks last night. Unbelievable, actually. So 
Between yesterday's show and today, Yahoo's pre-ranks changed. They move... Oh, man, look at that. I guess I needed to do a different show today than this one. All right, well, we'll... We'll make do on air, but you can see that they've shuffled some bodies around. Giannis is up to 12. Uh, Kyrie moved up to 9. Those jerks, they're trying to hurt my Kyrie. It's like they saw my show yesterday where I really loved Kyrie as a first-round pick, and they're trying to put a hole in it. LaMelo Ball moved up to 8. Steph down to 7. Halliburton actually down a click. Um, Shea moved up on the board. So what we'll have to do today is kind of accommodate the changes on the Yahoo board because I, I talked about Kyrie Irving as like would have been my favorite first round pick in yesterday's show. And now they've moved him up, but they moved Giannis into the first round by pre-rank on Yahoo. They've slid Anthony Davis as sort of the big loser on that board. And they've also rearranged the second round a decent amount as well. Jaron Jackson Jr. got shuttled all the way down to number 21, James Harden got moved outside the top 24. Um, boy, the third got got mushed around a little bit as well. Demonis Sabonis got pushed up the board. Devin Booker is, I think, up a little bit. Trey Young got pushed way up the board overnight. So this is what I get. I really should have pulled this page up before hitting the go live button, but here we are. Yahoo's changed their pre-ranks. Guess what we're going to be doing on tomorrow's show? The Yahoo pre-rank changes. Ah, those buttheads. All right, well, we knew this was coming. We just didn't know, and I thought there'd be much more of a warning. I didn't think it was going to be on a random Wednesday in the middle of September, but here we are. Anyway, so we'll extend the board a little bit on the Yahoo side to players that were formerly in the second round and now maybe got moved a little bit, uh, and we'll talk about if those guys hit our likes or dislikes. But I'll tell you right now, this very much changes one of my big likes in the second round, and so we'll just start with one that got Put in front of us. Someone took a hunk, a big old ribeye, and threw it down on the table right in front of our faces. And that's Anthony Davis, who's now pre-ranked 14. And is someone that I thought yesterday was actually kind of a terrifying, uh, like, number 9, number 10 pick. If suddenly his ADP starts to drop back because of this, which usually is the case when Yahoo moves their pre-rank around, it tends to reflect in ADP data over the next couple of weeks, if we start to see Anthony Davis actually going in the early-ish second round, you know, second, third, fourth pick of the second round, he becomes a huge value in my eyes. Good example of this is that last year, and I get it, we talked on yesterday's show that AD has an arrow pointed slightly down this year. They don't want him playing 34 minutes a game in LA. They want to have uh, guys like Christian Wood and Rui Hachimura and... Whoever else the Lakers can mush into the front court to take some of the burden off of AD, take some of the burden off of AD, and allow him to play a little bit less and bang a little bit less and move a little bit farther away, specifically on the defensive side, so he's not mashing against centers against the bucket. Offensively, I don't know that his role changes a ton, maybe a little bit, but this will hurt his rebounds a tad, having another center on the floor. Might hurt his blocks a little bit. Might see it impact his field goal percent. Hard to say exactly with those, but I would think rebounds to be sure. And then just fewer minutes impacts all the things that he'd be doing. But the issue with AD is a math equation. Even if you think his arrow is pointed slightly down, he had a pretty good-sized gap between where he was last year in 9-cat. He was number 4. 
behind Jokic, Embiid, and Shea, just in front of Kevin Durant. And then there was a little bit of a of a bump. There was kind of a gap between AD and KD and Steph behind those guys. And then there was another little gap to get down to guys like Halliburton and Butler and Tatum and Kyrie. So even if Anthony Davis takes a step back, I don't know that it's a large enough step back to push him all the way down into that next grouping. It might just slide him a little bit behind the grouping he was in last year. By the way, I did manage to get the Discord link into the YouHooTube chat room. So if you're watching and that chat comes up live, you you can click on in there as you're uh, enjoying the show. I try to do these things in the background while I'm yammering. It's not that easy. It makes the audio version of the podcast a lot worse. Sorry, audio people. Uh, but we did get that in there. But as far as Anthony Davis is concerned, I didn't think there was a way he was going to fall this far. It's why on yesterday's show, I talked about how he was sort of a nothing for me. I didn't think he was a great first-round pick. I thought he was a little bit of a frightening one at 9 or 10. But 14 doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is. Because when he's going at 10, that means you need to spend your first-round pick on him. And the first-round pick is the guy you're building around. The first-round pick is the guy that sets the tone for your entire team. If suddenly, as we're seeing here on this this Yahoo board that I'll throw back up on the screen, if you're able to get, oh, I don't know, say, I mean, you're not really getting Giannis there, but let's say it pushes, LaMelo was not one of my favorites, as you saw on yesterday's. If that continues to push guys down, what if he slides in front of Steph now? Uh, If Dame allows some of these other guys to push a little bit farther down the board and you're getting, I don't know, Kyrie at 10 instead of, 12 or 13 or 14 like we said yesterday or frankly even Dame makes more sense at the back end of the first round this will push his number down a little bit now you have something you can build on and get Anthony Davis later and I this was a a Twitter question I put out and honestly I don't know that I have the answer to it on today's podcast but suddenly now you really do have an opportunity to get Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. It's a huge risk. But if those guys get into the 60s even in game played on the Roto side, you are dominating the crap out of your league. Even on head-to-head, I mean, you're going to have some some heart palpitations along the way, but if they get into the 60s even on head-to-head, you win. And I know I say it often, you can't win your league in the first and second round. But if KD and AD fall to you and they hit, you kind of can't win your league in the first and second round. Here's why. Here's why this is a math problem. Anthony Davis, like we said, was number four per game last year. He only played in 56 ball games last season and was still, I bang on the table here, was still number 17 by totals. That's how powerful it is to be a top five per game guy. Every game he played, he was bouncing two or three slots up the board. If AD had played 58 games instead of 56, he would have been number 15 instead of number, what did I say, 17. If AD had played 60 games instead of 56, he probably would have been number 11. Because there's a bunching of guys. I'm looking at the numbers right now. It's too hard for me to change what's on the screen. Sorry, YouTubers. 
If he had gotten to 62 games played, he's probably inside the top nine or eight. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. And if he got to 66, he's top three or four. That's how big a difference it makes when you're at the top of the board. You scale the board with one game because of the numbers that these types of guys are putting up. Now, again... AD, KD. We've talked about this. Those guys both have an arrow pointed down in some magnitude. I think Durant probably a little more than Anthony Davis, but with AD, you're always kind of hanging on the whole willy wony free throw line thing. Durant, you know what you're getting percentages-wise. But suddenly again, as a second-round pick with top three per-game ability, because we think Shea is taking a slight step back also, Could those guys flip-flop? Anthony Davis was the number one player in fantasy the first month and a half last year before, was it almost two months? Before he blew out his foot in that game against the Nuggets, I think it was. Landed funny or like clipped it on someone and it set it off. He was number one. He has that in his bag. So again, even if the arrow points down slightly, it probably won't be enough to knock him out of that uppermost echelon of players. And so then you're doing the math problem. Can I get 62 games out of Anthony Davis this year? Will he try to get to 65 to make all the various all-NBA whatever teams? We don't actually know how the players are going to respond to that edict this year, that the NBA, the, the barrier they've put to all the various postseason awards. I'm quite curious to find out what it's going to be, uh, but we'll know soon enough. So Anthony Davis, now that he's suddenly a second-rounder, as of this morning, is one of my favorite second-rounders. By the way, can we make a slight amendment? I don't want to go back to yesterday's show, but now if Dame is really going to go, like, instead of 8, if he starts to go near 11 or 12, I like him a lot more at the back end of the first round. He's not one of my favorites. He's not what I'd call a steal, because I do think he tapers off pretty good if he's in Miami this year. Uh, And if he's not traded by opening night, I don't know what kind of effort he gives in Portland, if any. uh, But he is a, a much better value being pushed down the board a little bit, as is Kevin Durant with a new pre rank of 11. So we'll have to rehash that. Again, tomorrow's show, we'll talk about the new Yahoo board. Uh, Other possible winners of the second round, now that they've rearranged the names, let me just read them off, uh, because I don't think I did this in order earlier. I fell in love with the fact that it was a picture on the screen for some of you guys. The second round now on Yahoo, as of this morning, 
is Booker, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards. The Anthony's clustered together. Demonis Sabonis, Trey Young, all the way up to 17 now. Devo- uh, Donovan Mitchell at 18. Freddie Van Vliet, 19. Mikhail Bridges at 20. JJJ all the way down at 21. That's going to really mess with his ADP. Desmond Bain at 22. Kawhi Leonard held relatively steady at 23. And uh, Jimmy Butler moved up just a little bit to 24. The big losers, you may have noticed, Lowry Markinen no longer on the board. He was in the, I think he was 24 before. Uh, James Harden moved down the board, so that's what allowed Butler and Paul George to slide into the second round. I don't like these terrifying names at the back end of the second round. These are old guys that I'm hoping fall farther than that, so they do not make my list of my favorite second-round picks in either Roto or head-to-head, although certainly among those super old guys, Kawhi would be my favorite play because he also is a possible top-five per-game dude. Jimmy Butler, more of a top dozen per game and if Dame shows up it gets a lot worse and then Paul George he was right around actually this spot so uh, not nearly far enough for my taste Uh, so I hate to say it but Yahoo did a pretty good job of rearranging the names my other favorite since I have to pick two now in the second round and I I had two before but they they moved some bodies around and it kind of screwed it up uh, is probably this sucks, man. I had all my work done, and now I gotta now I gotta redo it here live on air. Sabonis is no longer my favorite. He was going to be the other one when he was going near twenty or twenty-one. This pushes him towards the front end of the second round, and that kind of goes that kind of screws things up. Trey Young for head-to-head builds was gonna be kind of a winner. He's going now way too early. I think it probably has to be either Donovan Mitchell or Desmond Bain in this range, or I guess JJJ. Yeah, you know what? Let's go JJJ, because I really didn't like him going at 11 or 12, because again, you'd have to spend your first round pick on a guy who was really only very, 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 very good in one category, but now suddenly, JJJ is the pairing you're getting in the last four picks of the second round, meaning, if we scroll back up to the first round, the guys you're getting around pick four tend to be Luka, Tatum, Shea, or Halliburton. If you have Tyrese Halliburton in the first round, or Shea Gilgis-Alexander, or Steph Curry, or Jason Tatum, you've set your build mode. Now, suddenly, you can pair JJJ, who's likely to be a top 15 per game player this year, and he's going to be asked to do more with John Moran out of the lineup. Yeah, there are going to be some big guys that I think challenge him for the blocks lead in the league this season, so that hyper-elite number... Might not be worth quite as much, but I do expect his scoring to increase from 18.5 to probably, I don't know, he's going to have to get in the 20s with Ja out. Rebounding is going to hold steady because Steven Adams is back, so that hurts him a little bit there. But if he's not the guy you're trying to build around, and rather the guy you slot in alongside a maybe a guard first-round build, if you have Steph... You've got a big points number. You've got a big threes number. You've got excellent percentages. Your steals are meh, but you could really use blocks from your next guy. That's where JJJ slots in. So prior to this morning, Jaron Jackson was going to be one of my issues in the second round. He was one of the the guys that I was going to tell you all to avoid, but Yahoo moved him down basically the entire round. His ADP sliding by almost 10 slots, or not his ADP, but his pre-rank sliding by almost 10 slots overnight, and now JJJ becomes another steal in the second round. 
Uh, I like Bridges towards the end of the second round, maybe not quite as much as JJJ, uh, and a lot of it is because of his durability. And Desmond Bain, also in Memphis, I think that's a team that's going to get faded by the public, and I think we want to actually fade their fade. And I like a lot of the Grizzlies this year. I think they're going to have good seasons. I think they're in sort of prove-it mode after flaming out and bad publicity for like two straight months last year. Desmond Bain is a winner, uh, and I expect him to prove that as well. So my my honorable mentions on the Yahoo board are Bridges and Bain. My steals of the second round, Brant completely revamped. Thanks, Yahoo, for making this show extremely unprofessional. Uh, Anthony Davis... And Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, the one that got eliminated by the shift, Demonis Sabonis, what are you going to do? My avoids of the Yahoo second round, and I know you guys are going to kill me for this one, but it's the very first name on that list, and it's Devin Booker. Um, some of the arguments for Devin Booker are that his percentages are excellent, which I love. You guys know I love guys with percentages, and Devin Booker was actually somebody I was going to think long and hard about this year because I thought the public was going to fade him, and they have not at all. Yahoo's got him really high on the board at number 13. Um, so to me, this is one of those situations where back in May, I thought there's a decent shot that Devin Booker gets drafted late this year because people assume he's going to be taking a pretty big hit, and then maybe we go the other way. That didn't happen. And instead, he's going earlier than ever. Which completely blew my mind. Don't get me wrong. I like Devin Booker's stat set. 28 points a game last year, 4.5 boards, 5.5 assists, 2 three-pointers per ball game. Doesn't shoot that much from downtown, uh, but when he does, it tends to go in. Great percentages at 49.5 and 85.5. Field goal and free throw. One steal per game. So he's not really hurting you there. He's not lifting you, but he's kind of doing enough. And so you look at him and you're like, what's the problem here? Why was Booker ranked number 29 in 9-cat last season? And it's subtle stuff. Because it's not like the turnovers are all that high. But they're not great. Second round pick, you can kind of stomach that though. And... It's not like the steals are super low or anything. They're sort of okay. The issue with Booker was that his hyper, in my eyes at least, the super elite stuff that he did was basically one, one and a half categories. Scoring and free throw. Those are things in my eyes that both go down this year. You can make the argument that perhaps assists go up to, to sort of accommodate some of that with Booker. But in my, in my mind, the idea of him being the, uh, like the de facto point guard is just sort of not really true. And if you guys want to look at, at some comps on this, you can look at uh, like Steph Curry is an interesting comp because he was running the show in Golden State by himself and Kevin Durant showed up and everybody was like, oh, well, he's going to have to pass more because Kevin Durant is now a warrior and he just can't do all of it himself. Do you guys remember 
what Steph's assist numbers were before and after Kevin Durant showed up. It was 6.7 in the year that he was just the unanimous, like, boat race MVP for all things, real life and fantasy. That was 2015-2016. He averaged 30 points, five threes a game, five and a half rebounds, 6.7 assists, and 2.1 steals per game at about 34 minutes per game. The next year, Steph's minutes were down by about one, a little less than one. He averaged 25 points, four three-pointers, 6.6 assists. He was within a tenth of an assist of the previous year, and it was actually lower. What about Durant on the other side? You're like, well, what, maybe was he with, like was he doing more of the orchestrating? No. Kevin Durant had 4.8 assists this first year in Golden State after 5.0 his last year in Oklahoma City. This idea that volume guys show up and a pre-existing team runner just magically turns into a perfect point guard doesn't really happen. There are small situations where you'll see assist bumps, but it's typically guys that are point guards anyway that then are asked to score less and pass more. Chris Paul has done this at various junctures. In fact, he kind of did it last year. He was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just pass all the time because I'm getting old and I can't hit my spots as easily, but damn it, I can still make these passes. And so his assists were better. Than you uh, better than you might have expected, I guess. Not that they were like an all-time high or anything, but scoring went down and assists are generally kind of holding steady. It's point guards where you see that type of thing happen. It's not as common with scoring guards. So with Booker, and I want to leave open the possibility that it does go up from uh his numbers this past season, Booker's assists were what? Five and a half, I just said. Yeah, 5.5 assists this last year. Maybe it goes up to six and a half. But it's not going to be one of these big, thundering spikes. Someone on Twitter was like, he's going to be an efficient double-double this year. I'm like, You think that dude is going to add almost double the assists from last season? That's just not who he is. And if that's what Phoenix expects him to do... It will be bad for their team. All three of their main guys, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, are decent passers. None of them is bad at it. But none of them is a true passing point guard. You can spot those guys from 100 miles away. The guys that just see the passes before they're there. It is, not surprisingly, the guys that typically lead the league in assists in the NBA. I know we all love to hate him, but James Harden is actually a really good passer. Halliburton, terrific. Trey Young, wonderful passer, who also can score. Jokic, well, what can't he do? Chris Paul, LaMelo Ball is actually a wonderful passer. His passes are fast. They're zippy. They get there before his teammates even really know they're coming. Some of the guys that have a lot of assists get it because they are... They slot into that role of passer. Drew Holiday, I think, is an interesting example of someone who's basically a point guard, but probably better at doing other stuff than passing. But he's on a team with Giannis, and he's on a team with Brolo and Middleton and all these guys. So it's like, okay, he 
tumbles into seven assists per ball game. And Dame tumbles into seven assists per ball game because he just has the ball in his hands all the time. Bucker, I don't even think is going to have the ball in his hands all the time with two other high-volume guys. I think this looks a lot more like the Durant goes to Golden State situation than whatever examples we can find of, you know, guy magically turns himself into an eight-assist dude. And even in my eyes, if Booker goes from five-and-a-half assists to six-and-a-half, which to me, like, high sixes is almost the absolute peak that I would give him this year, I don't think that covers what's likely to happen in the drop-off in other stuff. What did we also learn from the example I was talking about with Durant and Steph earlier? Their last years apart, Steph took 20.2 shots per game, Durant took 19.2. Their first year together, Durant took 16.5 and and Steph took 18.3. The shots go someplace, guys. By the way, DeAndre Ayton is also still on that Phoenix team. I know the big guys tend to get iced out when there's a ton of volume wings and scoring guards, but he's going to have to do some stuff too. You'll be like, oh, you'll just funnel every shot in the game to those three guys. They're not going to play 48 minutes. The hope, I'm sure, is that those guys won't have to play 33 and a half minutes per game because none of them's played that many games lately. So Devin Booker is one of the guys in the second round that I am uh, looking to generally avoid, and this Yahoo board rearrangement actually left him basically as early as he was before. Um, I don't have another avoid in the second round. You could look at Kawhi and Butler and that stuff at the back end, but again, they're very much like an, it's an injury red flag, do you take a shot kind of thing. That's a That's a cheap answer for me is where I feel on that one. But I think Yahoo's now moved the pieces around to make this second round uh, a little bit less crazy. And if I had to do an honorable mention, I'm afraid it would be Anthony Edwards, but I think he probably beats this mark on a totals basis. I just don't think he gets there per game. So he's not a bust. You can't call that guy a bust if he beats it in one metric and fails in the other. You kind of need someone to lose to their ADP in both metrics to call them like the guy we want to avoid. So, um, Freddie Van Vliet would probably be like the third honorable mention, and then you go down to the injured guys, and, and those are the rest of the board. I want to take a minute here at the midpoint of the show before we look over at ESPN to see if there's any overlap. We hope so, or Dan's going to have to talk an awful lot. To remind everybody, please like and subscribe. That thumbs up button is just right there. It's right there on your screen. Hit it before you do anything else and subscribe to our YouTube page. And if you're listening again on, uh, I call it terrestrial podcasting, ha, that's not a thing. Please take a moment to drop a five-star review on the podcast app or in Spotify. That stuff actually does help. New reviews, new subscriptions, uh, same deal. Subscribe to the pod. Uh, and that actually pushes it up the board this time of year. That'll allow us to kind of grab new listeners as we roll into the season. And hopefully we can get everybody a whole bunch of wins this year. So uh, please take a moment to do some of that stuff with us. Uh, let's go back to the ESPN stuff. I tried to cue this up so it was ready to go on your screens and uh, save ourselves a little bit of time. The ESPN board is one we're working off that came out two months ago. I'm sure they've made adjustments, uh, but this is what they, and maybe I should have done this with Yahoo so they didn't throw me a curveball first thing. But the ESPN board is JJJ at 13, Harden at 14, Donovan Mitchell 15, LaMelo Ball 16, Trey Young, that's actually a matcheroo now at 17, Devin Booker at 18 which 
Congratulations, ESPN. You got this one closer in my eyes. Jimmy Butler at 19, Mikael Bridges at 20. That's a matchup. Also, Larry Markin in 21, Anthony Edwards 22, LeBron James at 23, and Victor Wembanyama at 24. Dano's favorites from this board. Unfortunately, you will not have overlap there because uh, neither JJJ, who was way lower on the Yahoo board now, or Anthony Davis, who's still on ESPN's uh, first round page, Neither one of those guys actually is in the right spot if we were going to take a shot on them in this second round. So the favorite probably has to be Anthony Edwards on the ESPN side because he's all the way down at 22. I think he probably does get near 30 this year per game. So I think he actually still loses to this on the per game side, but he's an unbelievably durable basketball player. We've seen it. He plays through everything. His body type is great for getting on the court. Uh, I think Minnesota's a team that wants to make a push this year. They got sort of like a taste of it last season, and so they want more. So I'd expect Anthony Edwards to have a pretty good year. In my eyes, not good enough to draft him at 13, which is why I don't really like him on the Yahoo side. But at the tail end of the second round, I'm very much into it. Um, And So ESPN has Kyrie Irving at 25. I wish I could just call him. Can we just call him a second rounder on this board? That's cheap. Anyway, for Anthony Edwards, I just think he beats this by totals by a pretty good chunk, and so that makes it pretty good. My other totals play on the ESPN board would be Mikael Bridges, who I think is actually quite close to Ant-Man on a per-game side, and those guys are probably going to be neck and neck in their total ranks towards the end of the year. But my favorite second-round play on ESPN is Kyrie Irving. If you can get him, quite literally, anywhere in the ESPN second round, you do it, The simple fact is he's their number 25 on this board, and I'm sure that's going to be adjusted earlier uh, as as they go, and maybe it already has been, but this is the most recent version of this article I could find. So that's what we're working off of. If you can get him at the end of the second round, you are counting money at the end of the year. Because Kyrie, again, we talked about it yesterday, was number 9 per game last season. Uh, despite playing in only 60 games, he was number 14 by totals. I think he might even get into more games this year than that. Um, I expect him to be a first-rounder both per game and totals, and so I love him here on the ESPN board way the hell down at number 25. Uh, Freddie Van Vliet, by the way, an honorable mention at number 28 if you can get him in the second round. ESPN names I don't like in the second round. James Harden is the cheap one because I think this board they put out before his trade demands surfaced and all the shenanigans, but obviously you don't want to take him at 14. That's a horrifying spot. Um, Booker's a little closer to being palatable here at 18. I still don't want him there. And then Jimmy Butler at 19, which I know you guys are going to be like, wait, what? Uh, I think if Dame comes to town... Butler, who was number nine by totals last year at only 64 games. I just think that his per-game number comes down a pretty good amount from number 10. He's probably more of like a mid-second rounder per game. And then the missed games actually start to hurt you a little bit more because you get into guys that are playing 67, 68, 70, 71 ball games, and that'll push him down the board. I don't hate him, though. I don't hate him. I don't like him there, and I don't like him even a couple slots back of that on the Yahoo page. But he's not my least favorite pick on this second-round board for ESPN. James Harden is my least favorite, the way they have it configured here, the way that I just read it off. My least favorites are actually the last two 
in that second round. And it's not because they're the last two. It's because there's so much risk associated with them. First one is LeBron James, who was number 23 per game last year and is not expected to play in all the games for the Lakers this season. He needs to be going later than that because that's where he's going to be on a per-game basis. He's a late second-rounder per game now. If his three-point shot comes back, that's a way that maybe he can push forward a little bit, but you could also see his free-throw numbers erode to kind of counterbalance that. And I also don't think the Lakers want him scoring 29 points per game. So I'll expect LeBron to be a per-gamer in the third round this year with injury issues. He is probably, and I hate to say this, the bust of this second round on the ESPN side. And then the second one would be Victor Wembanyama, who's uh, might have a few really good games at the start of the season. And there was a video going around of how much he could stretch on a, uh, it was like a grotesque amount of stretching for Victor. But also what I saw in that video was a dude who very much weighs like 118 pounds. He's going to get obliterated by big, strong NBA players. And it's part of why the Spurs came out and said Zach Collins is going to be their center. Wembenyama cannot take the beating that the NBA big men are going to put on him this season. So he will get rest days. He will have some truly outstanding lines in there when you go up against sort of the smaller teams or the less strong teams or the ones that are not trying to win. He'll have these popcorn lines that are going to be wild, but there are going to be some serious turnover and field goal percent issues and just weird stuff that's going to keep him from getting above this mark, specifically on the total side. But to me, the bust of the ESPN second-round board is LeBron James. And by the way, I think the Lakers are going to have a good season. I just think the way they get there is by LeBron staying healthy, other guys doing more, and him continuing to see hiccups. Dude's... The dude is basically my age. I can't even in my mind fathom, forget playing with NBA players, even other people that are the same size as me, but by and large 15 years younger. I'm cooked, man. I know LeBron is an android, but there's just only so much that his body can do at this point. They need him healthy for the, the postseason, and they're going to treat him, I think for the first time maybe ever, with kid gloves. Like, and I don't care that ESPN's going to find teams for resting guys. Lakers will pay hundred grand to rest LeBron to keep him healthy for the playoffs. That's nothing. There you go. So those are your Yahoo and ESPN favorites and least favorites. I don't want to call them steals and busts because I don't think that that does justice to it. Basically, what we're looking for on the steals are, I think, guys that are going to beat their ADP both per game and totals, and busts guys that are going to fail to get to their ADP, both per game and total. And a lot of the guys that you're going to see called steals or busts out there are guys that are going to be really good at one or the other. Like, you could get away with calling Kevin Durant a bust in the first round if he misses 25 ball games. You could also call him a hit in the first round because he's probably going to beat his ADP on a per-game side. What we're looking for in these discussions as we cut up the first and second rounds are guys that are either ahead in both totals and per game or behind in both totals and per game. Hope this was fun for you guys. Um, we'll do the third round at some point. 
but it's not going to be tomorrow because we got to break down these changes on the Yahoo board. They've rearranged it completely. It threw me for a serious loop at the front end of this pod. You guys saw that. I had to change and look over at my board versus their board to figure out who moved down, and now they are suddenly a value again. Um, but this is why we wait. There's an advantage to going early where you catch things before stuff happens. We're going to freak out. Everybody's going to freak out. Yahoo board shuffled and, you know, guys that you were hoping to target, they're not going to be targets for you anymore. Wah. But guys that you weren't targeting suddenly became them. Typically, for every target you lose, you gain one back. And that was evidenced here today as we saw, yeah, um, you know, Demonis Sabonis isn't that valuable of a second-round pick if he's going at 14, but Anthony Davis suddenly is if he's going at 14. And JJJ, not a value at 11, but a pretty good value if he's going to fall to 20 or 24. And a lot of it has to do with team build, too. Shout out, by the way. I'll be uh, joining the great Josh Lloyd on his uh, YouTube channel later today. We're doing a Roto Mock. I want to spread the good word, the Roto Gospel, to the world. Look, guys, I know. I'm going to cover head-to-head. I'll always cover head-to-head. There's two very different ways of attacking these things. It didn't always. It wasn't always like that, but the competition just keeps getting better and better as the news gets more and more available. But to me, I like that Roto is very math-heavy. You think you guys just saw a bug fly across the screen? Did you see that? I saw that. Uh, Roto is very math-heavy and very uh, as much luck-independent as you can do on a fantasy board. I hate luck because I have many hundreds of dollars on the lines in these things, and I want that to turn into thousands of dollars as opposed to me being very upset because the guy that had played in 70 out of 72 games before my fantasy playoffs suddenly missed three games in a row. That's a stupid reason to lose your league. I'm always going to do the Trey Young story, but I'm not going to do it on today's show because you guys have heard it a thousand times. Or maybe I will! Nah, I'm not going to do it. Uh, A couple of questions here. No, just one question in the chat room. JYD says, how can we take Dame first round with all the uncertainty and talks about him refusing to report to training camp if traded elsewhere besides Miami? JYD, that is an excellent question. Um, This is why I would say, and I've done shows on this, make your draft the weekend before the season starts. We want to know as much as humanly possible about who's playing where, and if anybody's hurt when you make your fantasy draft. We are operating under the assumption that Damian Lillard is going to be a member of the Miami Heat when the season starts, if we're doing a draft right now, and that's why you take him in that instance kind of like near the turn. But you're right. There's a, a red flag there that he might not be on a team, basically. He might be refusing. I mean, he said he'd report to Portland, but what does that even really mean? You're right. I don't think I would take him right now. I don't think I would take Harden right now in a draft. I don't think I would take Jimmy Butler. I don't think I would take any of the Clippers because that's Harden's preferred destination. Although I I do think there are more places that he might end up because Dame has been more vocal about like not playing other places. But again, do your draft the weekend before the season starts. It just, it's going to pull superstars back onto the board. And the problem, of course, with going early is that you're not going to be the only one who's avoiding Dame and Harden and... Uh, Heat and Clippers and whatever, uh, other people are going to be avoiding them in your league, and that's going to push guys up 
from the second round, from the third round, whatever, and values are going to disappear because of it. I know you're like, but what about Tyrese Maxey? Yeah, other people are going to be targeting him too, friends. Draft late. That's my answer to that question. I'm at Dan Vespers on Twitter. Thank you all again for joining us. Like and subscribe on your way out. Rate and subscribe on your way out if you're listening in. We'll be back with you tomorrow to break down the Yahoo changes. Um, and hopefully you guys are enjoying my remedial uh, screen presentations over on the YouTube side. Love y'all. We'll see you tomorrow.